Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 151 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Jacob, welcome. It's hey. a beautiful day. We Everything's got, great. Yeah, I feel nice and relaxed. We had a pretty easy time with setup this morning. We didn't have to redo it an entire show because we hit the wrong button again. It's, that doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen a lot. I mean, like unprofesh. We're super profesh. <laughs> so I'm talking about things. Why are they like remaking or reunioning everything? Like... Sex in the City needs to come back. Friends needs to have a reunion show. Oof, did you see we that? We haven't moved on from any of these shows. Did you see Matthew Perry slurring his words at the, his latest interview? Oh, oh it was, no. It, it was a big oof magoof. Like, get this oh, guy Oh, they off. see that stinks because he's been, you know, he's in recovery. So that's a bad sign. Yeah, not good. Um, guys at Friends... I mean, what are you doing here? The most important side character of all time is sitting here in Buffalo, and she was not invited to appear <laughs> on the Friends reunion. She is a pivotal character on the show. That is right. I am girl in college 80s party. How dare you, Friends? That's right. You were Friends with the Friends. Like That is canon to the show, and yet you didn't get invited back. This is ridiculous. That's a really funny thing that I forget about, but Friends always love remembering me. Like They're like, remember when you were on that dumb show? And I was like, I do. Yeah, it dumb show. Great. That's, you know, one of the second most popular show of all time. I know. It's just not. Like, I mean, to me, I'm just not, in, <laughs> I'm just not into it. Yeah, it's not for me. It's like when I co-starred with Jim Carrey, you know, mediocre actor. I mean, if is. I did something cooler like that, then that would be one thing. I don't know. You got any interesting news? Um, Interesting? Sure. I got one. We The world gets to laugh at Zack Snyder again this weekend, so that's going to be pretty sweet. What does that mean? He's got a new movie coming out on Netflix, Army of the Dead, and apparently it is terrible. But oh, everybody no. already knew that when the words Zack Snyder were put above the line as director of. And I thought people were enjoying his really long Justice League thing that he did. Yeah, all like 500,000 people that watched it, it did oh. not have. It, they The metrics came out and like, not a lot of people watched oh, it. Oh, I didn't way know more that. Pe- well. Way more people watched Kong and Mortal Kombat, that's for sure. But I watched there was each a... of those, and I am sorry that I did. Well, I watched <laughs> half of Kong and all of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat I didn't hate. But I felt like if I was a fan of that game, that I probably would have hated it. I actually really enjoyed it. It was it was what I wanted. It's stupid. It's supposed to be stupid. It's supposed to be gory, and it's supposed to be make no sense. And you've played the game? Uh huh. Oh yeah, I played all of them, man. I've been playing them since I'm an OG Mortal Kombat. Then what the heck do I know? Do you know who's (laughs) uh, in talks to star in the sequel? No, I sure don't. They want to bring Keanu Reeves in as Johnny Cage, which would be him and Jean Claude Van Damme are both like they're the two guys. It wasn't Johnny Cage. He was in this movie, wasn't he? He was not. They kept him oh. out. He's the teaser at the end of the movie oh for everybody. Boy. So oh, boy. Oh, boy. Get ready for JCVD or Keanu Reeves out there throwing kicks, guys. It's going to be awesome. You know, we'll watch it. If it has Keanu, we can't even help ourselves. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, They're doing car commercials now, and I'm riveted watching them. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go into a whole different sort of movies today. That's right. Um, I saw a movie recently, and then I was like, oh, boy. It's a theme. Um, so we're talking about movies that are like heist movies. Everybody loves heist movies. But they're, but they're not heist movies. But they're movie. not. They're more charming, um, sometimes goofy, and occasionally confusing, but in a, usually in like a sexy way. You know what I mean? Uh, so I would agree that. We're talking about capers. Capers, everybody. It's football. Dun, 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 dun. 
That'd be caper Everybody's music. Got, you got to get your little on your tippy toes, and you got to go around like. I love how we both had the same. Because that's it. That's exactly it. So caper is a subgenre of the heist film with its own specific rules and mood. So the caper subgenre features films that are. Overall, I'd say lighter and wittier than the standard heist movie. Um, and while characters and capers also frequently pursue large sums of shadily acquired money or other items of value, these films are not necessarily about the acts of committing robberies as heist films always are. Right. And I feel like that's a really important part of it. So for a film to be a heist movie, Items have to be literally stolen. In a caper, items may be stolen, but they don't have to be. Right. There can be swindling and cons and money laundering and other forms of theft. Right. And the heists tend to be a little more on the serious side, as you said. Like, you know, we don't really, we don't take capers as serious. You can throw, you can throw some jokes around in a caper movie, that's for sure. That's absolutely it. So, like, traditional heist movies, they're kind of slick or, you know, high octane mm-hmm. kind of things like that. And in Caper, as Jacob said, it can be madcap or zany. Um, or weirdly, on a different note, extremely romantic or flirty. Sure. That kind of pops up. Um, so Capers, you're going to find that clever banter that we all love so much and like weird, silly sidekicks and gags and maybe some slapstick. and. Which, I mean, who does? I mean, slapstick, you got me in the door. I'm at least going to watch 30 minutes of your thing to see what we're doing. I here. definitely like when things gen- generally go hilariously wrong. I'm a oh. fan of that. Oh, my God, yeah. It's, it's the best. But luckily, there are also films where you are still going to find men in well-fitting suits who can't be trusted. That's true. And other sort of like sexy cat burglars and that kind of stuff. There's going to be skin-tight skin leathers and... People like going to expensive looking places at doing stuff. Absolutely. But you're not going to get like that, that grit. And it's not frequently about the underworld. Yeah. So if you're kind of like, well, I like the idea of heist movies, but maybe those get a little too, whoa for me. A little too guy in a basement getting fingers broken about three quarters of the way through the movie. Yes. This is going to be a little more funny. Um, you know, and I think that's like, so generally speaking, let's say in terms of tone, if a heist is a stomp, then a caper is a romp. Oh, uh, I like what you did there. <laughs> like ah, rhyming games. I love it. <laughs> That's how you know we're on That's point, good, people. Because I'm kind of ashamed. Um, okay, <laughs> so let's hop into some of the best ones. So I'm starting with one of my favorites, 1973's The Sting. Oh, fantastic movie. Absolutely. There are no substitutes for this movie or for the actors in it. Looking so good. We've got Robert Redford. Um, man that is, as we know, allergic to moisturizer. We've talked about this many, many times. Why you stop with Robert? Beautiful human being. He's a young grifter who, out of revenge against a powerful uh, crime boss, which is Robert Shaw. This is just before his turn in Jaws. Wait, this is. So he's not grizzled. Nothing here. He's looking. Yeah, he's a little slick little dude. Oh, he's like, a slick little dude. So he heads to Chicago to learn the big con from the once great, um, let's call him a flim flam man, uh, Henry Gondorf, played by Paul Newman. Who, by the way, great man of potato chips. Love what he did there. But (laughs) also just a fantastic actor. Also, I feel like Paul Newman, like, 
Brad Pitt aged into Robert Redford, who aged into Paul Newman. Those three are all the same person. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that they just did time travel. Yeah, they and they um, they were like, we need something else. Let's throw Steve McQueen into the a into little the a little bit of that. So together they pulled together a team for the greatest con in cinema history. Um, this is a great film. It manages to both draw its audience in and keep it at arm's length, which is a great combination that allows the twists to really keep unfurling in the film. Even, you know, you start to feel like you've kind of got skin in the game. So you get really attached to it. If you somehow haven't seen The Sting, probably one of the best capers. And, like, seriously, the performances, they're so good. This is a deep con, people. There are layers upon layers. There's layers you don't find out till the very end of yeah, the movie true. that you're, have been right in, in front of you the entire time. It is a fantastic... Like, they try to make this movie all the time, and they just never quite get it right because you kind of always see something coming. You know what I didn't see, and maybe you did? Did you see this thing, too? Um, I did not, actually. Okay, I didn't either, so I don't know uh, if it's any good. Yeah, I, it's like when I watched French Connection 2, and I was like, well, this is terrible. I'm not going to go and watch The Sting 2. Although, I, Oh, French Connection 2. Yeah, I didn't see that either. I did watch Jaws 2, and had a good time with that. So <laughs> I've heard it, that's uh, also not good. But. Occasionally, you can get some good <laughs> some good sequels back then. Just uh, think, they're going to be... I'm, you know what's going to happen? I just thought of this. A remake of The Sting with Brad Pitt and DiCaprio in the lead. That's fine. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's man. fine. I, I'd watch that. Hollywood, call us up. We can <laughs> we write got, that for you tomorrow. We got it. <laughs> All right. What are your some of your capers? All right. So I decided to go with the most obvious uh, choice first hmm. because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm going with 1981's The Great Muppet Caper. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, I would have been disappointed yeah. if Muppets were not brought into something from you. Any category, you can bust out the Muppets. <laughs> So this one, uh, it's set up basically like an episode of, the, of their TV show. They tell you right at the beginning of the movie, hey, guys, this is the Muppets. <laughs> We're making a movie. We're going to have some fun here. This is what's up. Relax. Just settle into it. <laughs> so it's the, uh, it's the story of three identical uh, investigative reporters played by Kermit, Fonzie, and Gonzo. I know as they are identical because, as you know, they all have the same hat on, so they look exactly the same. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, they are basically just trying to solve a jewel heist and get to the bottom of what was going on with that. Muppet hijinks ensue. They don't have Muppets walking around on really long legs, which I personally cannot stand. <laughs> it te- tears me out of the illusion every single time. Okay. And this is like early wow. 80s Jim Henson directed. We do love Jim Henson so much. The Muppets are on point here. The jokes are still funny for adults. Um, if you're looking to ground this, who, because you know, as we all know, the human characters are a big part of your Muppet mm-hmm. movie. Uh, the late Charles Grodin, who died this past like two days ago or something, he wow, is. Wow, really? Oh yeah, you oh, didn't hear bummer. about that? I don't think yeah, so. Go watch Clifford if you need to to get your Charles Grodin in. Um, and then the late Diana Rigg, the uh, Queen of Thorns herself, was bouncing oh, around. Oh, she's in, in it. One. So those Love two versus her. the Muppets trying to get some jewels going on. I just love these movies so much, man. I was watching it again like last night and just chuckling at all this stupid Muppet humor. I don't understand why it still works after I mean, all these years, but I it still it works for you for sure. You got, they got that. That's that first extended universe, man. There's like 50 million Muppets, and you know, you at least know by sight who they are. They don't just have random things back there. Okay, I've never seen it. But really? I, yeah. Your lack of Muppet knowledge. It is. is it is true. I do love puppets, but. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm missing out a lot. Thank you for bringing You're like, Jacob. you put an M in front of that word? I don't want nothing to do with it. Get it out of here. So my next one, love this film, The Thomas Crown Affair. But I am talking about the 1999 one. Okay, I was The wondering. remake. So I've seen both of them, but I feel that the remake of The Thomas Crown Affair kind of ditches its predecessor's grasp on neo-noir, which is more what they're working for. And we swap that out for sexy intrigue. I, uh, yes, I think that's very true. And I'm all about that. So this is one um, of two art theft-related romantic suspense movies that came out in 1999. So you're going to have to go figure out what the other one is. Um, but Thomas Crown stars as Pierce Bronson, um, a wealthy playboy who steals art for fun. And he steals it in such a fun way. And they have a really great soundtrack for this film also. Just these little sounds. They play like one song. <laughs> But like thirty different ways. They're, they're, I love when movies they're, they're do so that. much fun, man. There's too much, and then we have Rene Russo as the cunning detective on his case. It is suave and sexy without being too heavy, so it's perfect for a caper. Uh, honestly, it's kind of the perfect film to watch right now if you're still just kind of bummed about how everything is going on. It's a total escape movie. They have good chemistry. I'm not a huge Rene Russo fan and I oh, love really? her in this movie. See, Rene Russo was always like one of my eighties like mom age crushes, man. I was like, oh Rene oh, Russo. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was like Well she also used to take her shirt off in every movie. So well, that might have helped guide you on this did, journey. Didn't hurt in the Thomas Crown affair, <laughs> okay. let me tell you. That was that kept your intrigue. Oh. But I like that she's such a strong independent woman and she kind of hates that she's falling for him when she knows he's the crook. It's a great, it's a great it's a, movie. It's a great Super time, fun. man. I mean, yeah. anytime Pierce Brosnan's on screen in the height of his powers, man, you're gonna have a good time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess it. I can agree with that. So, so I think I know what your other '99 art theft movie was. What is it? I, think I got an idea. What is it? That's gonna be Entrapment, I oh, believe. Oh boy, you're so, this, so good. I, I, you know, I do my research. <laughs> so this one stars Sean Connery, another guy, actor who left us recently, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Ving Rhames. So the plot of this... We love Entrapment. It's definitely come up before. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you you need to go check it out again. Real quick, the plot of it is uh, an insurance adjuster who works part-time as a art thief decides she wants to make the biggest score of her career, so she's going to bring a old grizzled thief named Mac out of retirement to help her steal a mask worth an X amount of money. It's always kind of nebulous in these, how much stuff I mean, it doesn't worth. matter. The real plot of the movie is Catherine Zeta-Jones going through lasers that mm-hmm. no trip enough. wires right. and her butt. This That's was, pretty much the actual plot. This was the start of yoga pants, everybody. People, <laughs> that might be true. That might be true. <laughs> people are like, you know what? I'm going to get that Catherine Zeta-Jones look going. And, and like, it's like, no, you're not. You're, I mean, yeah, you're no, not. you're not. But you could, you're welcome to try. I feel like every noise that Sean Connery makes in that scene was not scripted. That is just Sean Connery being like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's like, like, oh, yeah. There you go. Really, yeah. get, get your leg up a little bit. <laughs> Stop, please, your accents. <laughs> I can't. All right. Go on. I'm sorry. Um, okay. So anyways, uh, you know, the usual twist and turns go on as they're trying to outsmart each other. But they're starting to like each other at the same time. And then, of course, you got your third act villains coming in that are trying to steal everything and always destroy those and third ruin act the day. Villains. I mean, when Will Patton shows up, you're always like, "Oh boy, <laughs> here comes Will Patton, gonna go throw a monkey wrench uh, in the situation." Oh um, but yeah, go go check this out, guys. This is a very fun late. This is late '90s 
It's, it's definitely due for a rewatch yeah, if you haven't. Right on the cusp of the terrible aughts, but you got a nice late 90s heist. Oh, um, caper movie here. Yes, caper. Big difference. <laughs> um, okay, let's go older. Let's do 1955 to catch a thief. Oh, we're, we're, that's a change of uh, tone right there for sure. Definitely, but, you know, fits into it. I mean, okay, so we've got 51-year-old Cary Grant dating 26-year-old Grace Kelly. So right. sounds so, super right for a 1955 film, but if you can ignore, I mean, that's kind of a bit of unpleasantness where you're just like, for real, I'm so tired of this. But it yields a very enjoyable viewing experience. Um to Catch a Thief, like I said, it's fun. It's very flirty Hitchcock movie in which former jewel thief Cary Grant is enjoying his retirement on the French Riviera. Smart place to do it. Until he is suspected of being up to his old tricks when some wealthy what? tourists' valuables go missing. But Grace Kelly, that is who really steals the show in the film. Her character is Frances. She totally lusts over Cary Grant, which, you know... Okay, I guess. I guess for the time you would... Planning her capture of him just as methodically as she plans how to help clear his name. So, I don't know. It's it's to catch a thief. It's like hard to always talk about Hitchcock films. You kind of have to... Um, to watch them. Yeah. But I would say, like, it's definitely, like, it's not a cold film. You know, it's very much about flesh. And well. It's, it's like a, a, a real sexy caper, for sure, that we mentioned before. That is To Catch a Thief. Oh, Hitchcock movies, man. They're so good. So good for the 85% of them, I would say. And this is definitely They're one of definitely, the good ones. definitely, you know, there are some swing and misses for me, but hey, if you, you should definitely check it out. Hey, man, if you don't swing, you're never going to hit nothing. That's how that wow, works. Jacob. That's some, you see that? Why is that not a motivational poster with your face on it? That's a great question. I'm going to hang I, that above I, my desk. I ask myself that all the time. And oh, God, please I just get a shrug please, response. please move on. <laughs> all right, so next we're going to go, we're going to jump into the aughts here. You ready? We're going with a remake of another movie. Okay. 2003's The Italian Job, brought to us from F. Gary Gary, Maki Mac, Edward Norton, and Charlize Theron, with a little Jason Statham thrown on top. For you him. know, and considerably less misogyny than the original. Which is amazing <laughs> Which is nice. when you consider Mark Wahlberg and Jason Statham are both in this movie. Yeah, that but is, that's that's <laughs> to show you how much the first Italian job is like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yikes, guys. Also, Italian job one, how about you put an end on your movie, guys? I'm not going to say ending on a cliffhanger stinks, but oh, kind of wow. does. Okay. Throwing shade at a 60-year-old movie there. Okay. <laughs> um, but this one... So they're all in a group together, and one member of their team decides he's going to, you know, mess everybody else over and steal all the money for himself and kills poor old Donald Sutherland. Rude. Who's, you know, looks a thousand years old in this movie from 20 years ago, <laughs> and he's still kicking around. He's doing well. So basically, uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg then reassembles the team because they need to go get revenge because, well, I guess it's not really a spoiler since it's in the trailer. Edward Norton is the one who is the the bad guy in this movie. Who would have figured Edward Norton in a mustache would be a bad guy? Who would have figured Edward Norton playing like two personalities? Like, yeah, I he mean, does that so much. Who, who would have seen that coming? <laughs> um, but this is a pretty fun movie, actually. They do a lot of work in... This is the age of the Mini Cooper. So. This is why we had so many Mini Coopers on the road, though, is because of this movie. Yeah, guys, they are just doing all kinds of tricks and moves and falling into small spaces and getting away on trucks. It and is fun. fun. There's a lot of fun to be had in this movie, guys. I mean, 
Jason Statham steals the show when he's in here just playing his usual wise cracking guy rich yeah. himself. Charlize Theron is just up and coming at this point, so she, you know she's going to be excellent. Even Mark Wahlberg's able to do something in this movie and not be completely reprehensible as he eventually becomes in those Transformers movies. So go check out The Italian Job, everybody. Yeah, that if was you, a big hit. I feel like people yeah. were filling up theaters to see that when it came out. If you want to go see the original, I mean, I guess you can. We Just have it. Pre- you have, have to it. prep yourself. Like It's not that it's a bad movie, a but you movie. have to be prepped for kind of some of the content of that time that was more acceptable. Right. That's all. It's, yeah. a Mike, it's a Michael Caine movie, so it's going to be good. Michael Caine. <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> at, the, okay. at the end, he's like, I failed you. Failed you. I'm Mike O'Kine. Okay, <laughs> anyway. Um, excellent movie, 1998's Out of Sight. Oh, my God, I love that movie. Dude. No one talks about this movie enough. This is a Steven Soderbergh film. We have George Clooney at peak. George oh, Clooney. this is peak Clooney, guys. Peak Clooney is a bank robber who escapes from prison, and J-Lo, I would at argue peak, peak J-Lo, J-Lo yeah. 100%, is a U.S. marshal. He winds up having to kidnap in order to make his escape. Once she's free, she'll pursue him with the help of her knowing U.S. Marshal dad, Dennis Farina. Which, <laughs> Farina bomb, everybody. We like that. Um, but There's a the, lot of like overlapping these actors in these great heist movies or um, caper movies. It's pretty fantastic. You're getting real confused with the caper and the heist, Jacob. I'm, I'm Get giving it everybody, straight. I'm giving everybody like hints of future episodes. That's <laughs> okay. That's true. We should do a heist one that'll really kind of explain the difference. You're so smart. But in the moments that they have together, J-Lo and George, they discover an intense mutual attraction that makes it a lot harder for them to both pursue what they want. I think... This is the best of the like pursuer pursue, pursued romances in the sort of caper, even oh. I'll say heist film. Plus, the chemistry between George Clooney and J Lo is absolutely insane in this movie. There's our, no way they didn't hook up in real life. They are absolutely electric. Our microphones are smoking just talking about the chemistry between 100%, these two. Hundred percent, like movie. even more electric than Pierce and Renee. And I can assure you that I do not throw that sediment around lightly. Oh, no. I mean, guys, just oh, it, everything about these two together, it works. I'm amazed they never did another movie together. Like, I don't seems, understand. This it, one was so good. I Did it not do well and then did well later or something? No, it, it did good. It was a big hit when it came then out. And I don't it's understand. Based on a book, so there's more stories to be told. They made another. They made a TV show with this character. So like, well, if you had more story, why not make... Go with the movie. Uh, mysterious mysterious forever, but if you haven't seen Out of Sight, oh, you, you will be thankful. It's, Send us a tweet when you right. see it and say thanks. You know, you know how you know it's a fantastic movie? Because mm. I'm giving it five out of five stars, and it has Steve Zahn in a not insignificant role in that yeah, movie. Yeah, but when you give things five stars, it might scare people. I also am rating it highly, though. I think that holds a little more close. See, that, that, that evens it out. Uh, okay, people. what else? All right, so you know what? Let's go with another Sodenberg movie. What do you say? Oh, I love it. So 2017's Logan Lucky. Oh, boy. This is another one that I had a Oh, I with. loved Logan Lucky. See, Wait, did I? It's one of those ones that you think about and you kind of forget about and then you remember it and you're yes, like, you know what? Yes, I did really like that. was Channing Tatum. Yep. Channing, okay, Channing that was a Tate. great, that's a great caper film. Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, and Daniel Craig, all with the one of cinema's best accents of all time in that movie with Daniel Craig trying to do a North Carolina accent. If you thought Knives Out oh, was yeah. fantastic, guys, 
guys, go check it out. I want to have a Tom Hardy, Daniel Craig accent off. <laughs> just an entire movie of it. it. I don't know. Can I just, I'm going to add to that, Catch Me If You Can, which would fit on this list as a caper sure. film. I mean, um, Tom Hanks, he's really overdoing it on that Boston accent. He's I'm get, just going to say. He's getting pretty deep into it, he's, man. He's, you got to get past that to enjoy that film. But anyway. I'm going to the car, everybody. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> so go on. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going into North Carolina here, everybody. So, you know, at least Channing Tatum do a North Carolina accent, sure. Think he's Southern? Not totally sure. I have no idea. I have no idea what lab that they brought Channing Tatum out of. So it could be any of them. Adam Driver's in here being fantastic. The plot is basically they need money quick, of course, um, before uh, Channing Tatum's daughter gets taken away by Katie Holmes and they move to a different state. So they think the best way to do that is they're going to rob the local NASCAR Speedway and steal all of its money on race day. It's great because you haven't seen that. No, that's you have a not brand, seen that in a movie. That is a brand new idea, and I for sure know that NASCAR events are bringing in tons oh, of I cash. Oh, I can't even imagine. Um, but they all, they only can do this if they can get the um, the number one bomb expert that they know, Daniel Craig, out of jail. He's in jail, by the way. So they have to figure out a way to break a guy out of jail for a couple of hours so they can do this heist or this caper, as it were. I know. You're just the worst. Um, so they can pull this off and then get him back into jail without getting caught and then still getting away with all the money. It doesn't make seem like they can do it, but guys, don't worry about it. Everything will be all right. Don't be scared. <laughs> it's nice a Steven Sodenberg directed movie, so you know it's going to look all kinds He's of stuff. He's just slick. great. We love him. I mean, he it's could hard be. not to. We could basically do a whole episode of caper movies with just Sodenberg because it's one that's of his actually, it's one That's of his actually highlights. true. Would you consider the Oceans movies heists? Those or are, caper. That's heist. Those are heist. Yeah, those that's straight up heist. heist. We really definitely need to do that. Maybe even next. What do you think? Should we do next week? Should we do heists? Yeah, you know. Think we'll, about it. We're we'll, gonna we'll let that marinate. Um, be less work thinking of something. Okay, here's a film that there's no way you haven't seen and love, but I think it's also less well known. Quick Change from 1980. Oh my god, dude! Quick Change, I love for numerous reasons. Everything about it is it, great. It combines two of my favorite genres. This is kind of an obscure 80s comedy, though. It definitely is. Um, it begins with Bill Murray dressed as a clown attempting to rob a bank. Fantastic. That that should be enough. I shouldn't even have to describe you, anything else for you to want to see it. You got me in the door. That's for sure. But what starts off as like a joke in the movie turns into an extraordinarily successful robbery. Mm-hmm. Um, but robbing the bank, which he does with his girlfriend, Gina Davis. Who is in top form. Top, and his best friend, Randy Quaid. Who hadn't quite lost his mind he yet. He works in this role. Um, turns out to be easy compared to what is left after the robbery. <laughs> so fleeing the city, the city and then successfully, you know, getting away with the cash. Um, Jason Robards, is that his name? Yes, the chief? it is. Yes. So Nailed he's the, the, wary, the wary chief of the NYPD. He's hot on their tail. It is impossible to get to the airport in New York City in a reasonable amount of time, which is hilarious. And the movie is fascinating because it is so frustrated and like so fed up with New York City mm-hmm. and like... It is like this is like scumbag eighties. It is New so fu- like it's totally absurd, but in a hilarious way. And I feel like if you've ever had that feeling of like 
you just want to get away or get out of a city, like you will really identify with this movie. It is so funny. I mean, this, I love these kind of movies where people are just trying to get somewhere and just obstacles appear absurd obstacles appear out of nowhere i love watching (laughs) and you just have bill murray deadpanning everything (laughs) it's wonderful he is no selling the entire movie and it is great but he's not phoning it in like that he's totally engaged in the role having a lot of fun randy quaid is nuts in this movie gina davis is a pretty good straight man uh, yeah. Everything about this movie works. I'm, I I'm, feel I'm like actually mad more people don't know about it. I like randomly stumbled. I feel like that was something that was on cable one night that I, I was like watching. I was like, is that Bill Murray dressed as a clown? I think, Why do I not know about this immediately? Yeah, I think that's kind of how I can't got caught into it, too. I'm like, why has Bill Murray got a gun? So good. A bank? What's going so, on? So good. Go check it out, everybody. I got to make sure the library still owns that. I'm going to look. It's going to be missing, and then it's going to be out of print, and then everyone's going to hate don't, don't, me. Don't, don't worry. It's got Bill gonna, Murray in it. It's going to be. do in, my best. It'll Hopefully be It'll be in print. <laughs> okay. It wasn't one of his, like, art movies. All right. Um, well, of course, we're running out of time. I All know. Right. We can maybe do one more each here. Re- real quick, I'll throw out um, two real quick. A Snatch from 2000. Go get your, what I think is Guy Ritchie's best movie. Snatch is great. Come at me, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels people, but Snatch is Snatch for movie. just the Brad Pitt character. Can't top it. Well, I mean, Brad Pitt without his shirt off. Speaking pikey, I thought that was just Michelle's brain turning off remembering Brad Pitt with a shirt I off. I mean, but. I would watch scenes over and over and be like, I don't know how he did this accent. I don't know how he learned it. It's fantastic. Me and my friends on my 19th birthday, uh, we were in Clifton Hill and we basically just walked around as a bunch of drunks talking like that all night long. Oh, wow. It was a really good time. And we were probably obnoxious. I can, my hate is in a time machine going back just to detest you in that moment. My current self hates my (laughs) younger self for for acting that way. Uh, And also 2004 is The Lady Killers, another remake of uh, Peter Sellers' movie. Yeah, I did not see that. Uh, But it's a Coen Brothers movie. Stars Tom Hanks. Pretty fun little movie where they're trying to rob a riverboat while an old lady unwittingly gets in their way, even though she's not trying to at all. Mm. Another one of these uh, Coen Brothers comedies where everything's going wrong and it gets pretty dark and violent and still stays awesome all the way through. Kind of a forgotten Coen Brothers movie on the lesser scale, but you know, even yeah, if you're the like worst, I said, I didn't see it at all. Even if you're the worst Coen Brothers movie, you're still better than ninety percent of Hollywood. So. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> That's a good call. So go check it out, everybody. Great film. All right. I'll just quickly mention 1988's A Fish Called Wanda. Also oh, an excellent film. Oscar winner for Kevin Klein. I mean, yeah. He got the best supporting actor for playing Otto. He's He reads Nietzsche and Aristotle, which he just misunderstands. Um I like he's, that he's the armpit-smelling, ugly American. That's oh, no, he's trying to k- 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 kill me. <laughs> That's the only thing. So hold on. I'm going to get to that in a second. So, so the film is about – it's four people, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Palin, Kevin Klein. Um, I don't know who the other – Oh, gosh. It's the dude Tom from Money Georgeson. Pike. Tom Georgeson. Oh, well, no. Too. John Cleese is also in it. But anyway, they attempt to pull off a bank heist, but they wind up devising their own scheme to nab the loot and get off scot-free when one of the gang members is arrested. So Jamie Lee Curtis decides to try and seduce John Cleese. You Which? should be happy with that right there. He's the lawyer working on the case. Um, this somehow causes more problems than it solves. Um, Who saw that coming? Especially because her boyfriend, Kevin Klein, is too dull and jealous to to really, um, I don't know, figure things out. So Michael Palin, 
he's an adorable, animal-loving assassin, but I will say that um, they set up way too many laughs based on his speech impediment. And that's the only part of the movie that isn't cool. At this point, it doesn't age well. Those are things that just don't age well. Well, yeah, that's one of those 80s jokes that they're funny at the time and they're funny in retrospect. And then later you're you're like, like, ooh, that's that's actually not hilarious. But A Fish Called Wanda is a great movie. It's a perfect keeper. And we did it. We did it. We got a whole bunch of ones to go check out, guys. Uh, why don't you... And do you know oh. where you can check all this stuff out? Oh, my gosh. Steal the moment, Jacob. You can go ahead and check it out at one of our local branches. We have 37 all across Erie County. Stop on by and say hi. We also uh, have a website at www.buffalolib.org. Go on there. Check out what we got uh, going on this week. We're open full scale, everybody, so there's going to be stuff to do around here. Check out your record and see if you have anything checked out or if we have anything you look to pick up. So many things. I guess don't also forget to listen to our episodes. That's going to be on the front page as well. Go check out the archive, as it were. And uh, don't forget to follow us on All Booked Up Pod on Twitter and say what you're watching this weekend. Jacob, what would it sound like if they sneakily tiptoed into the library? With the little... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a couple facts um, about robberies, heists, capers, etc. I feel like capers are more in the films than in real life. But in 1671, Irishman Thomas Blood attempted to steal the crown... Great name, by the, the way. The crown jewels from the heavily guarded Tower of London in England, okay? So posing as aristocrats, he and his gang actually managed to swindle a private viewing of the jewels, during which they wasted no time flattening the jewels with mallets so as to more easily smuggle them out of the tower. They did not make it very far at all, but he amused King Charles II so much that he even tried this, that he smashed the jewels, that he actually gave him his own title and estate in Ireland. True story. Wow. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I like that that's both a reward and a punishment. That actually is a caper. That really does fit. That is totally wild. Okay, so this is just a little current. Another notable heist. It took place a few hours after a Justin Bieber concert in Johannesburg, South Africa in 2013, okay? Okay. So the thieves... Entered through holes they dug into the stadium that Bieber was playing at. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it was like loud. And then ca- carved out a wall leading to a safe room with the cash the venue had acquired that weekend. That's rad, dude. And then they made off with like over $300,000. Well done, gentlemen. That's kind, of, that's kind of well done. We can't argue with that. And then this one. This one is kind of genius, okay? In 2008, a man robbed an armored truck outside of Bank of America in Washington. After putting an ad on Craigslist looking for road maintenance workers in specific attire, about 12 of them showed up to the bank wearing yellow vests and safety goggles and respirator masks. The thief dressed the same way when he grabbed money from the truck, so when the authorities went looking for him, they found a bunch of dudes matching the same general description. Great. Great That is a movie. That is like so many films. That's a dude who knows how the system works and is like, I'm going to take full advantage of this right here. We're not even mad at him. Fantastic. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, you guys, (laughs) thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.